Heard at Sports Radio. Every weekday morning from 7 to 10 a.m. Join hosts Robbie Lula and Damon Benning and our cast of Heard at Sports personalities as they share their fresh perspectives while keeping you highly entertained. Take a dive into the latest news in all things sports from the pros to right here at home. Catch Heard at Sports Radio with Robbie Lula and Damon Benning 7 to 10 a.m. on air, online, and on podcast. Heard at Sports Radio. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Radio, insight, opinion, expertise, along with the biggest names talking Nebraska sports. Join in with the show at 402-489-1240 or 1-800-825-5865. Now, here are your hosts, Chris Schmidt and Elijah Herbal. Thanks for hanging out at Tail Varsity Radio. It's a road show Thursday back here with our friends at Rosie's, downtown Rosie's in Lincoln. Chris Schmidt, Connor Clark, Elijah Herbal did grace us with his presence momentarily, but he's catching a jet out to Vegas. Little uh, ultimate fighting this weekend for him. We will set a poll up here, Connor, on the Hale Varsity Radio Twitter handle. Uh, will Elijah get arrested or will Elijah visit the hospital? Hopefully neither. But anytime you head to Vegas, there's a possibility of both or one or the other. I have yet to go to Vegas someday, sometime. Maybe I'll even go for a Raider game if I want my kidney removed. Numbers to get in, 489-1240, 489-1240. can join us here on Hale Varsity Radio. Statewide, 800-825-5865, 800-825-5865. Rosie's downtown. Are you in town for state basketball you headed this way or maybe you're just uh, bumping around the capital city uh, 10th and p is where we are at we'll be back here next week for another uh sit down during state tournament play but uh great food and drink special now i just got to say i had to uh, to be the nacho connoisseur when we were here for nebraska michigan state on tuesday this week and i don't know how uh, picky you may be about your nachos, but these are the best nachos I've had, and I've, I've done a lot of nachos in my life. Shocking, I know. But they have these flour tortilla chips, and it's not gross, slathery, disgusting cheese out of a, out of a jaw. It's melted goodness. I had the chicken. They had the perfect amount of jalapeno, and... Try their nachos with the flour tortilla chips. Uh, they're, they're, they're awesome. Cold drinks. They've got Guinness for Dolman. He may or may not pop by, but uh, come see us here at Rosie's 10th and P downtown. If you can't make it today, uh, make sure you frequent Rosie's here when you're in town, not only for state basketball this weekend, but boys state next weekend. And, of course, all your uh, NCAA tournament and Husker football wants and needs. Uh, can find the show and stream it with the Hale Varsity YouTube channel. Uh, subscribe to that. It is free, but it's got so much great content. 
uh, the show also in its entirety on video. Hail Varsity Twitter at HVarsity Radio. You can watch the show that way, KFOR Sports and uh, KFOR Twitter, Facebook and Twitter that way. Connor, you got to go to the car dealership today. How are you feeling? I'm feeling tired and over the entire process but you know we made it we're we're not at the car dealership anymore we're in the studio and uh well i'd much rather be here probably but i'm glad that process is over with elijah doesn't have to be my chauffeur anymore well and that was that was pretty good you you pulled that off so did they did they roll out something that was spectacular or was it within budget or did some guy out uh, named uh, Eugene Levy say, Connor, this is your automobile. You hate it now. Wait till you drive it. You got a little SUV. You're happy, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's a process that started last Saturday, and I've been, you know. A week. Yeah. Man, you were vetting. It's like you were hiring a coach or a commissioner or something. Yeah, That's impressive. It, it was quite it was quite the ordeal because obviously I had to go back and forth between school, work, and getting there, and then I also had to find a way to get there. <laughs> so that was also a whole another story, but I'm glad we're past it. And yes, it's it's an SUV. It was in the budget and all parties are happy. So I can drive myself. It, it's now. it's it's pre-owned. Any Husker bumper sticker on it or no? Not yet. Not yet. Okay, so you are going to go be bumper sticker guy. I, I like that. And, and some of us at one point in our life may have thought about purchasing the the uh, the bumper sticker that, that had uh, the, the little Husker fan with the helmet on, maybe urinating on, uh, on the state of Oklahoma. All in good fun. All in good fun. Uh, we'll dive into some of Trev's comments here coming up as he had his uh, monthly sit-down with the network. Uh, what's Trev feeling? What's Trev thinking? Uh, Ernest Hausman speaks. We'll get into some Husker baseball. Uh, a big opportunity tomorrow at 11 as Nebraska takes on Vandy. Big opportunity RPI-wise. Good stuff from Evan Bland with us earlier this week. Uh, Brandon Vogel from Hale Varsity joins us in about 15 minutes. In hour two, uh, Gary Barnett will spend time with us We'll go a little bit deep with him on halftime adjustments and and where that is on the overrated, underrated importance scale. Uh, Coach will get into that. He's a little ticked off that he can't golf today because <laughs> there's three inches of snow where he's at in Arizona. I, I fake fake uh, fake a tear right now for him and then coach mcbride's also in arizona shockingly enough they're both there when i leave and uh, we'll talk with coach mcbride next hour get his take on the riola recruitment and and what's happening with spring ball and winter conditioning so trev uh, touched on a lot of things last night but the the overall gist is he's pleased and impressed with coach rule He's really happy with the effort. I think he loves the fact that it's going to be a physical spring, Connor. And and you've been here a little while now as a, as a student. And Nebraska, has, the springs have always just been a little flaky, right? You're, you're afraid to, to get somebody hurt. And I completely understand that because Nebraska has not been the deepest team. They've been injury-prone. And the, the depth and, and the development and on, on top of the retention, that's all been 
uh, its own special house of cards for Nebraska. So uh, the, the fact that this fall, this spring will, will be physical, you've seen the hype videos, you can buy into those uh, or you can hold off and pump the brakes. But I think there's a lot of excitement. There's typically excitement for new. Nebraska has wore out the, the new and excitement part of things with the constant turnover and transition. But Nebraska is uh, going to go about spring ball the right way with uh, with a high level of physicality. So uh, the other thing Trev touched on is the uh, the effort to, to connect across the state. I think that's a part of the reason you as a Nebraska fan are probably excited or you're okay to dive back in and not worry about getting your heart broke again if this don't work out. Uh, there's been some hesitation because it's new, it's a hire, it sucked that it went the way it did for, for Frost and his staff because you wanted it to work. But Nebraska fans have come back around because of not just what's been said with Coach Rule, but I think they really believe that his actions will match his words. And, and you've seen at least little glimpses of that with just the winter conditioning and how he goes about it. He's uber and ultra organized and to a T. It's about details. Little things turn into big things. I believe that as well. At least that's how I've tried to parent. Clean your room. Why? Because, uh, I don't know, maybe you don't want to go to work uh, in your your 20s. (laughs) It's a little thing. Clean your room. Move one pile of dust and junk to the other side. Sort out the dirty and the clean, right? It's a habit thing. It's a self-awareness thing so uh, the state connectivity is good all the fans that have had interactions at, at a gas station with nacho cheese and hot dogs or seen uh, rule speak at, at a coach's clinic or at a, uh, a banquet or some sort of rotary deal i mean they've toured they've done the goodwill they've done the speaking part but they've taken the time and, and Trev gets that, and Nebraska fans want that, and the community has continued to grow. So people that may have been at arm's length or chosen to kind of step away from Nebraska football or, or how they're feeling about it uh, have been drawn back in because, well, they like this guy, and that's good. You can like the guy, cheer for the guy, and then watch him do his thing. So that's a, a, a quick snippet of what it's been like with Trev and, and his observations, the, uh, the the physicality that's going to be important. And, and last part here, as we went through the jersey colors and what they mean yesterday for some of the kids trying to make a, an impression, uh, this spring is a big-time opportunity for guys to keep jobs, for guys to win jobs, for guys to move up the uh, imaginary depth chart, Connor. And it, it's a, I, I truly believe it's a clean slate. If you're a walk-on and you're a lineman that is impressing, they're not going to say, hey, nice work, keep at it, son. They'll take a look at you. They pride themselves, Connor, on, on being able to evaluate and being better than the guy across the sideline or across the field at evaluating, whether you're five-star, two-star, scholarship, non-scholarship, they want to get the best 22 on there and find the, the, the next best 22, whether you're a walk-on from a small town or a metro area or a guy that's just been gathering dust as a, a one-time three- or four-star recruit. Yeah, and I think that we've already seen the talk turn to action from Rule, as, as you said before, 
just because of the way he conducts himself everywhere, right? Because you heard him say it in his inaugural press conference when he was hired that the following Monday. And, you know, he said that he wants to be a part of the community. His family wants to be a part of the community. And so far, that has been everything that to, to his family, and it's been extremely valuable to the community as well. I mean, you see Matt Rule everywhere now, if you're a Husker fan. And, you know, he's always going up to people and being super friendly and cordial with them. He's at all the Husker basketball games over the past couple of weeks and months. So he's been really pushing himself out into the community in that way. And then, yeah, as you mentioned, spring hasn't really been all physical the, the past handful of years, especially under the Frost regime. But now you keep seeing the videos of competition, which I think is enormous because you got to learn how to compete. I mean, it's, it's the same thing about you got to learn how to win games, right? And how do you do that? Well, you got to learn how to compete first. And the fact that they're doing a ton of competition in spring right now, even prior to official spring ball, um, I think is really important because, you know, guys are there to compete. They want to go up against each other. They want to see where they stack up. They want to beat you. And as you mentioned, the guys wearing red and white on the one sideline, they want to beat the guys on the other um, side of the football field as well. And you go back to when Matt Rule was um, introduced at PBA against Purdue in that men's game. He said, you know, when I was 9, 10 years old, the, the red end on that white helmet meant the best of the very best of the very best. And obviously he's trying to recreate that feeling for every 9, 10, 11-year-old right now. And so far, obviously, there's still a lot of work to do. But so far, I think he's off to a good start. And again, I can't stress it enough. I think the competition factor in practice already is extremely valuable and that will pay its dividends when it comes fall you didn't win today but you come back tomorrow and you win that battle you put enough battles together maybe you win the war sorry to go ultra metaphor here on you or cliche but that's that's the mentality he's instilling and that's that's an everyday thing versus maybe flipping a switch in a big game because teams can get hot for a game Nebraska can perform well and, and pull off an upset or go get a win like they did in Iowa City. But can you put wins together? And, and that has evaded this football program since 2014. Quickly to Ernest Hausman, we'll get some of Brandon Vogel's thoughts on this. But Ernest uh, was a, a guy we enjoyed covering when he was at Columbus. I enjoyed talking to him during signing day. Enjoyed spending time with him. Uh, a couple of interview sessions we were lucky enough to get during the season last year. And you want to talk about a guy who got thrown into the deep end without a life jacket from Northwestern all the way to Michigan, how uh, how he kept rolling with the punches. And he sat down uh, with the uh, a, a Michigan podcast. It's uh, In the Trenches with John Jansen. And first and foremost, Ernest laid out that it was, okay, the head coach who recruited me got blown out. The interim coach did not get the job and, and had some some issues in Mickey Joseph. So both those guys I was comfortable with are gone. And then you, you bring in Matt Rule, and this isn't anything against Matt Rule, but the way Ernest describes it in the podcast, it was just the perfect time for a change of scenery. And he wants to go to a place, and I'm quoting here from the podcast, where he can maximize – his potential and he thinks Michigan can do it it wasn't just 
Harbaugh. It wasn't just two-time Big Ten champs. It wasn't just two-time college football playoff appearances. But it's it's Jesse Minter's defense. He thinks he's a fit there. And it's, it's, a, it's a Chris Partridge thing. Partridge was a D.C. at Old Miss and had recruited Ernest Hard uh, to come to Old Miss. He ended up coming to Lincoln. But strength and conditioning, Coach Herbert really did it. And that wowed Ernest, how Michigan does their lab work, what they do uh, during the, the winter conditioning, the strength and conditioning, the plan is the, the initial impression that Ernest got when he got to Michigan. That made him say, this is the spot for me. There's other places he could have gone and started across the country. Michigan has five linebackers returning. So this isn't a situation of, of Ernest going to a, a place that had a, a void to fill or a, a ready-made starting spot. He's, he's betting on himself, and he's betting on Michigan him to make him better from a strength and conditioning standpoint. That's where his, his base, his anchor is. So some insight there from Ernest Hausman. We're down here at Rosie's. It's Hale Varsity Radio, a road show Thursday, celebrating state basketball, uh, day two of state basketball, girls 2023. Come see us here till 6 at Rosie's, 10th and P. Hale Varsity continues presented by Currency. And now, and now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. Thanks for hanging out here at Rosie's Downtown, 10th and P, Chris Schmidt and Connor Clark. And find Connor on Twitter at C underscore Clark underscore 27 at Schmidt underscore Radio. Hale Varsity streaming live, Hale Varsity YouTube channel or the Hale Varsity Radio Twitter at H Varsity Radio. Managing editor. And uh, author with John Cook, Dream Like a Champion, Brandon Vogel with us at Brandon L. Vogel on Twitter. So we have our uh, a, a poll question up. We don't do a ton of those, but uh, I'm proud of this one. We talked about it. We spoke it into existence, a la George Costanza. And uh, Brandon Vogel, I'm going to get your on-air vote right now, my friend. Uh, Elijah Herbal is making his way west on Interstate uh, 80 to, to get to... Grand Island, and then he's flying to Vegas, not to to see a Wayne Newton tribute or check out whoever's in residency, but he's going to Ultimate Fighting this weekend, and his uh, his alias, because Elijah's now famous, is Leslie Chow. That is, it's it's like Andre Smith or whatever Michael Jordan used as his alias. You know, the kid who beat him out for the the ninth grade varsity spot. Does does Elijah visit the hospital this weekend or does Elijah get detained slash slash or arrested? D- does either happen? Does he get too crazy uh, with uh, the, the blackjack table and hilarity ensues? No, I think, I think Elijah will be okay. I think he'll, he'll strike the balance of, Hey, we're going to Vegas. We're, we're going to do this thing. Um, but I think Elijah was responsible enough to at least stay out of custody. We'll, we'll, we'll give him that. Yeah, I, I can't. I can't vouch for. I can't vouch for his financial fortunes. Um, but you know, who 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 can you vouch for? His financial financial fortunes in Vegas. But uh, I think I think he'll avoid the authorities at well, least. I feel like that the, another option should be the over under on on both. 
because you can't leave that How many times out, yeah, out of the possibility. <laughs> I mean, come on. Anything that happens in Vegas stays in Vegas, right? Uh-huh. Yeah, right. Uh, Vogues, have you been to, to Vegas with friends that one or both of these things have happened, hospital or uh, custody? <laughs> no, thankfully, neither, neither of those. I've been to Vegas twice, both of which were a fairly long time ago. I went uh, in college after I was 21 with a This was actually for a class in college. Um, <laughs> what were you taking? <laughs> so at, at, at Hastings College, we had J-term, interim, uh, whatever. You take one class for a year. And the class was the math and music of Las Vegas which like we learned all about wow. math behind these games and then went to Las Vegas, like 15. Um, there were, there were a couple young women in that class, but the majority dudes, um, and went out to Vegas, <laughs> drove from Hastings to Las Vegas, um, <laughs> to, you know, put, put what we had learned into practice, um, which was an interesting experience. And then a couple years after that, uh, I took my brother and a couple of his friends out there for my brother's 21st birthday. So it's been, gosh, almost 20 years since since I've been to Las Vegas. Well, that's an awesome class. I thought the history of American jazz or <laughs> whatever I took at Nebraska, which was cool, history of sports, those were great. But the, his, the music and math of Vegas, that's a that's a that's a sweet class that is a minor <laughs> you know and i feel good about my choice i felt a little bit bad about it at the time because like my other option was to take a class that took me to ireland but i would end up going to ireland basically a year later and then again last year yeah, for, sure. for uh nebraska nebraska northwestern so i, I played that hand right for whatever it's worth at least in my own estimation Brandon Vogel's with us. Now, keeping with the the Vegas theme, and I'm going to make it about Nebraska football. If you were to snake some money to Elijah, what futures would you put down on Nebraska? Would you go with, what are they at? Like six, they'll probably be at six and a half again, won't they, from a power index? They, they live in the six and a half friend zone over under win total, bowl total. Uh, pick where they go. Do they win the West? Do they finish in the top third? How would you hedge things if you're making an investment? Yeah, using the SP, the first SP plus ratings that came out, um, I think I kind of penciled it out and inferred Nebraska's win total sitting right about six point four. So I think six, six and a half, six. Um, I, I wouldn't be surprised if that's where Nebraska's actual win total opened from an actual sports book uh, going into this 2023 season. And if, if I were to make a play there, um, I, without knowing the odds, I would take I would take the over. The real key thing there with Nebraska is going to be you kind of like if you go three and zero in non conference play, feel really good about hitting hitting the over on even six and a half. If you don't go 3-0, which, you know, Colorado is a total mystery. They're going to have an entirely new team. Um, 
Louisiana Tech, probably one of the two or three best teams in Conference USA, which is a strange conference right now, given all the change they have there. And Northern Illinois expected to be down a little bit, but still a program that is, has won a lot of football games at, at the G5 level. So it's not easy. When I like fast forward this thing way too far into, into August already, that's kind of how I look at this Nebraska schedule at the moment is go 3-0 in conference play, and you've got a chance to, to have a season that everybody's talking about at the end of the year which can be a good thing, bad thing. Um, and, you know, everyone was kind of talking about Scott Frost's first season at Nebraska, even though it didn't go that well, but it finished strong. Um, <clears throat> do that, and I, I feel good about taking over on, on Nebraska. Brandon Vogel is with us on Hale Varsity Radio. Brandon, we were talking about it in the first segment of the show today. Competition in the practices, if you will, prior to spring ball kicking off. How important do you think that is for this group to get after it early and learning how to compete before learning how to win football games because I feel like, in my personal opinion, having that competition year-round obviously doesn't get you out of that spirit of competition. Yeah, I think I think it's big because this, this first spring under a new coaching staff, you're obviously trying to well, – maybe not obviously. You're, you're trying to, to set the standard of, like, this is how it is all the time. And if you're going to outwork everybody in your room for whatever position battle may be on the table, um, that's going to matter. And setting that standard is, is really important. It's kind of easy to do right now because we all go into, you know, Nebraska's going to start spring football in a couple of weeks. And we all kind of look at it as like mostly a blank slate. Um, we know who some of the best best players on Nebraska's roster are. Um but with, with a new coaching staff, you, you don't know necessarily what the expectations are. So, so putting those in place right away, I think, is, is vitally important. And having a, you know, program that, where competition isn't just a press conference word, it's just not a, a post-practice quote, but it's actually something players see and feel, um, I think, I think is, is the way to do it. So, so we'll see. You know, to this point, like Nebraska's new coaches have all said the things that you'd expect new coaches to say, but the proof's in the pudding. So, so let's see if there's actual competition and let's see if it actually goes on day by day. And, and I, I think it will. Brandon Vogel joining us, HaleVarsity.com and Magazine here at Rosie's for State Basketball, uh, 10th and P, just across from the embassy, not far from the PBA, where you can go check out uh, all sorts of girls' action tomorrow and through the weekend, and come on back, do it all over again for boys next week. We'll be posted up down here at Rosie's. We're on center stage. Vogues, I did not change my room. This isn't my basement. It's kind of cool if it is. Kind of reminds me of Junior's room, honestly, uh, except, uh, unfortunately, he has a Sparty flag up that may or may not be flammable. Uh, the black shirt flag behind me is really cool here at Rosie's. Uh, you have a lot of excitement from the fans. Trev spoke last night. He likes the direction to kind of piggyback off of what you were talking about with competition and Connor's point. Do you think what what side of the ball do you think needs to to have 
it, it's high the, the the highest level of competition. Both sides need to do well, yes, but is it more important for work to get done and answers to be found, seemingly found in pencil on offense or defense? Where do you think most of the questions are at? Uh, good question. Because, um, you know, it's easy to break it out by, like, position group and say, oh, there's there's a lot to sort out on the defensive line. But speaking by by unit, I think it, I think it's got to be the offense. I mean, last two years, last two seasons, we've seen this Nebraska defense, and it was kind of gradually getting better, but got to a point where it was a defense that that could allow twenty or twenty three points a game, and that's that's pretty good. Like the best defenses in the ten in Iowa, um, for example. Um, Michigan of late might give up only 13 or 14, 15 points a game, and and then you're you're really doing some business. Like at that point, you're you're a defense led team. Um, I don't know if Nebraska. I don't think Nebraska's in a position to get there. The the thing that didn't come along with that over you know the past four or five years of Nebraska football is the offense being an offense that could consistently score over 30 points a game on average. So I think for that reason, I would put the onus on on the offense. Like, you've got to get to a point where, like, unless you're going to play defense that, that's allowing fewer than 20 points a game, like, your offense needs to be over 30. And, and, and Nebraska has struggled to hit that consistently, um, which is a pretty big surprise when you think back to kind of like how the Scott Frost era started. Um, but it's, it's where they need to get to. So it, when I when I look at those two units as two halves, um, no disrespect to special teams, um, that's important as well. But for the purposes of this discussion, two halves, like I think the offense has has more ground to cover. Brandon Vogel with us from HaleVarsity.com and Magazine Managing Editor at Brandon L. Vogel is where you follow him on Twitter and uh, catch his work. Brady Oltman's, Aaron Sorensen, Jacob Padilla. Uh, the crew is all over it between uh, college hoops, basketball, uh, football, baseball, yes, big series, and, uh, of course, high school coverage. Vogues, we'll talk to you this weekend. Thanks for the time, bud. Sounds good, guys. Thanks. And now, and now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. Just for the record, I am doing cherry Coke. These aren't rum and diets. I'm not on the, uh, well, I'm not Bill Hooks. And I love Bill Hooks to death. But that's Bill's deal. The, the rum and diet is his deal. And uh, I'm just doing cherry coke. I was going to say I'm losing Elijah shit. for Las Vegas, and then I'm losing you to these <laughs> rum and cokes already. Come on, no, I'm not, give me a bone. I'm not even. I'm not going there yet. I'm not. It's not five o'clock. It's not post time. Yeah, I'm joking. I'm joking. But we're down here at Rosie's Tenth and P downtown. Rosie's. What a setup here, man. We're on stage. It's great. Couple of pool tables. If you want to uh, channel your inner Paul Newman, go for it. TV's a blaring and. All sorts of basketball going right here. Tough one for the Husker women earlier against Michigan State. So let's get into the dreaded discussion with Nebraska men's basketball. They will head to Iowa City this weekend. And Fred will speak with the media tomorrow. Are they out? Are they NIT bubble? 
have you lost interest after that magic carpet ride from most of February? Do you care uh, about them making postseason? I think there's enough headway with Nebraska basketball that the fan base is still engaged and interested. They're wondering what happens against Iowa, and they're they're interested to see. All right, can you can you beat Minnesota a third time? It'd be very Nebraska to, if they are the 11 seed, get bounced by Minnesota. But I don't know. Uh, it's just fascinating that to guess, gauge where this team is at. And the, the Tomanaga discussion, is there truly a GoFundMe out there for him? Uh, does he come back? Eight of his buddies are teammates trying to talk him into stay in or reiterate how how much fun next year could be. Uh, Greasel and Walker have been incredible. They've been a pure joy to watch. You just got Sam for a year, but that's okay. Uh, and, and then Walker, you see his maturation process uh, and just how, how vital he is. I think he'll go make some money uh, in pro ball. Obvious take there. I don't know if that's NBA or if that's overseas, but to me, they, they've, they've got to... They got to go two and one. They got to get three more games. They're promised two, and and they got to be three and one. Uh, they had to have Tuesday night. Last time we were down here at Rosie's, they had it for a half. They didn't. I don't want to rehash all that, but I just wonder with all they've been through, the energy they've expended, if uh, it's it's a knockout shot potentially and a limp to the finish. And I'm not talking about their heart or quit or care level. I'm just talking about being physically able to withstand whatever I was going to throw at you. A lot of threes. They remember being held to 50. And then turning around, getting ready for Chicago, not getting that bye, and and then probably getting Minnesota again. Likely getting Minnesota again. Yeah, I think they're out. I think they're absolutely out. I don't think they can go 2-1 and one in their next three. It's a good discussion because... I think you could go both ways, especially with the NIT. I think bubble for the NIT is probably the best way to describe it right now since you're 15 and 15, 8 and 11 in the Big Ten. and Iowa right now doesn't look too promising, especially with the way that they're shooting the ball. I mean, my goodness, their offense has been white hot the past two games. And that's what you experienced at home in the second half against Michigan State. That's one of the best, if not the best, shooting clinic I've ever seen in person what Michigan State did in that second half on Tuesday that was absolutely incredible so you have to give them credit there but I think you're right I think Nebraska needs at least two more wins um, to really try and punch their ticket into the NIT obviously it's going to be tough on Sunday at Iowa I don't know if they get it done I don't like their chances if I'm being honest with you but I think they can win in the first round Uh, if they're a bottom four seed, which it looks like they will be, especially after the Penn State win last night. I think they can get a win there. It just matters, okay, who will they meet in the second round? Now, I'm not overlooking anybody in the first round, especially Ohio State right now, because if you run into Ohio State, that's going to be a tough one because they've been fighting the footing again. Yeah, they've been winning some ball games here against some pretty solid teams. They just beat Maryland last night. Um, And so that's my question. My other question is, too, how does Nebraska play in a neutral floor? Because we've seen them be good at home. They're neutral and on the road record, well, is quite the opposite of what it is at home. That's why they're 500. So 
How will they respond to that? And as you mentioned, Chris, the quick turnaround playing on Wednesday, which will uh, probably happen now after, again, that Penn State win last night. Wisconsin plays tonight, but that doesn't really matter all too much. Um, they host Purdue. So it's a good question. I don't think they're totally out of it just yet. But, again, a lot of weight on that game on Sunday. And then how do they bounce back if they lose on Sunday in the Big Ten tournament? Because they know that they have to have it. Numbers to get in, 489-1240, Is the NIT now all of a sudden a dream for Nebraska basketball? Probably. Uh, that is where my, uh, my heart and head are at. They're actually in agreement. But, man, it, it, it is a nice change from eking out seven or eight wins. Uh, they're, they're knocking on the door. They're at 500. Do they stay there? Do they go above? Do they finish there it's a tough stretch it's a tough ask and what they've done is nothing short or remarkable considering the context they are in uh, measurements are out Oshan Mathis comes in at 6'5 250 I'm I, in size I guess uh, 10 and a half inches and been getting looked at at linebacker that's where he's going to go. We had a good discussion yesterday on, on the Combine hopefuls with Vokalek, Oshan, and Trey Palmer. And the, the size can be all right for, for Oshan. He can play outside linebacker. He is a different body type. He's a different twitch than, than a Levante David. Levante David's a guy that is a college safety. They moved to the outside linebacker in the bow defense and was just phenomenal and he's tough enough great enough smart enough to handle the run and has done so for 12 years in the nfl uh, being a great run stopper occasional blitzer but masterful at coverage so good at taking away what teams want to do with tight ends or slot people or backs out of the backfield that's not oshan's game oshan's game is and he's way bigger, but he, he just his stockiness reminds and six five isn't stocky. Don't get me wrong, but El, Elvis Doomerville does that name ring a bell with you, football fans? Where he's a guy that that wasn't six foot, but man, he had long arms. He's able to get off the edge. He played way way bigger than he is. Oshan's at six five, but I think he's he's quick enough. He's got his own twitch about him. That get off can be good. And in the um, the outside part of things, if you if you use him as a pass rusher and a zone drop guy, it could work out. Uh, we'll check his speed and his short uh, his short distance times. Uh, that'll really be highly impactful with whether or not he's a fifth, sixth, or seventh guy, or maybe he moves up. You've got good film from TCU. You've got a good half against Iowa and some moments this season. We'll wind down hour one. Hail Varsity on the road here at Rosie's, 10th and P, and on here for state tournament basketball. Gary Barnett on the way. Charlie McBride next hour with Hail Varsity. He's in his 30s, but sounds like he was born with a stogie in one hand and a brew in the other. Now, say my name. It's Schmitty on Hail Varsity Radio. I got the body of a taut, pre-teen Swedish boy. 
One final time this hour, Hale Varsity here at Rosie's downtown 10th and P. Back here next week as we get you ready for Boys State right now. It's day two of Girls State Basketball 2023. 3-15 game is, is ongoing right now. A lot of folks wondering in. They need a cold one or just a burger. Maybe a salad for some of us trying to, to get svelte. But they've got it all. Get the onion rings. Get the nachos with the flour chips. They are to die for. Get yourself cold bush light if you're thirsty. What was your first shot, Connor, last Friday? Excuse me, it was Monday. Yes. Monday was, was, your, was your 21st birthday. What was the first shot? Did your, did your dad buy it for you? Well, I got a free one because of where we of went. Of course you did. To... Um it was on the house, which was nice, so that was nice. But it was a shot of Patron because I was peer pressured into doing tequila, <laughs> even though yeah, that stuff isn't my favorite. Well, you heard it wouldn't be your favorite. Well, yeah. Right, McLovin? Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> did you have uh, anyone to provide their neck and salt was it a body shot with a lovely young co-ed <laughs> i can't say it was that no but the, there was a, there was a line connor's like what are you talking about no get me out of here no <laughs> so no it was just you used the lime did you did you put the salt or are you are you a non-salt guy there was there was no salt so it was just kind of straight man up, down the hatch okay no lime no Jeez, you animal. I love that. Good for you. Some of us are, are wimps. Okay, so you had Patron. What, what, hypothetically, did you get sick off of anything uh, b- before your fake ID kicked in? Well, um, let me see. I mean, I feel like Jack and Coke is always the most dangerous thing out there. At least. Yeah, well, I think everybody's been sick off of Jack. Yeah. Jack's I, undefeated. I, I think that is the uh, heavyweight, undisputed champion of the world. So, I mean. Yeah. It, and, and some get back on the horse and some just get a divorce <laughs> from <laughs> from uh, from Jack. No, I, that's, that's he got sick off anything? Yeah, Jack did it yeah. to me. Well, Eric Church, Jake Daniels kicked my ass again last night. Down here at Rosie's, want to see you uh, here till 6, but you can keep on keeping on well into the night. State tournament time to celebrate. 10th and P is where we are at. We want you to get buckled up. Do so. Use your seatbelt. It saves lives. It prevents injuries only if properly worn. Buckle up. This message from the Nebraska Department of Highway Safety Office. Gary Barnett. Will join us, get his take on adjustments and what Matt Rule can bring to the party uh, at Nebraska with his expertise, his intel. Uh, we'll talk about uh, some coaching decisions that uh, will need to be excellent in the Big Ten. That's going to be uh, about five or six one-score games you feel like year in, year out in Big Ten play. Uh, can Matt Rule be a difference maker that way for nebraska has got to be and i think he's uh welcome to that challenge charlie mcbride will join us at 5:25. connor clark back at the studio chris schmidt on the road here at rosie's downtown hail varsity continues presented by currency the voice of husker nation is on the air 
This is Hale Varsity Radio. Insight, opinion, expertise, along with the biggest names talking Nebraska sports. Join in with the show at 402-489-1240 or 1-800-825-5865. Now, here are your hosts, Chris Schmidt and Elijah Herbel. Back into it. It's Hale Varsity Radio. We're live at Rosie's State Tournament Time, 10th and P, downtown Lincoln. We welcome in Hall of Fame football coach Gary Barnett with us. Coach, uh, you've got, what, three, four inches of snow up there in uh, in some of the higher elevations of Arizona. How you coping? Well, not very well, <laughs> obviously. I mean, my whole day's ruined. You're talking so, to me. Uh, <laughs> I was I was up early just with a broom trying to knock some of the snow off these trees because it's it's a real heavy wet snow and these Palo Verdes and trees out here aren't you know they're not used to it and so you can snap a limb pretty easily and have a tree go down. So what I could off and uh, you know it is what it is. You've been making snow angels. Yeah. Yeah, my wife wants me to write a book. So she's, she's, uh, Mary wants me to write a book. And so she's saying, this is a good day to sit around and start that. I'm going, oh, man. Let's go there for a minute. You've got a book out, don't you? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So what would this book be? I don't know. <laughs> you know, I, I don't know. I get, you know, friends are, they think you ought to do this or that mm-hmm. because you know something about something that they don't. So I think, right. well, you ought to write a book on that. Well, there's, so I don't know what it would look like. You know, I started a book. I don't know if I told you, but I started a book when I was uh, broadcasting national games. Mm-hmm. I was going to do it about halftime adjustments, you know, sort of what's true and what isn't true about halftime adjustments and what really happens. And I started, I, I went, I did seven different schools or six different teams at halftime, but it became really difficult uh, trying to get up and down elevators with coaches and in the locker rooms at halftime and back up. And so I yeah, just sort of let it go um, and then thought, well, you know, maybe when I'm out of broadcasting, I'll go back and start it back up. But I'm not out of broadcasting, so I'm still doing it. So I really never uh, uh, followed through with it. I have some interesting notes from uh, some of the places I went. and um, And so – you know, it was going to be sort of fun, and all. I, I was doing it because fans just have this opinion of what happens because of broadcasters. That, you know, fans have this image of what takes place at halftime in a college or a professional locker room, and most of that isn't anywhere close to being the truth. So I was just going to try to out, you know, take take twenty schools or so, talk about what they did and how much difference it made, and then compare what happened in the second half to the first half. But, um, you know, I just dropped it. So it's, yeah, it, it would be an interesting topic for somebody to pick up and do. It'd be fun. And so tell me about your half times as an assistant for Mac and then how you wanted to do half times as head coach at Northwestern in Colorado. How, what did you take away uh, as an assistant to and, and apply, and what did you stay away from as an assistant? Well, Mac pretty much let the coordinators handle halftime. Uh, he would always do a, a something motivational at the end of the half. Uh, you know, and he would discuss for five minutes with each side, offense and defense, uh, and then 
that would go right to the players. And then the, the, the coaches on each side of the ball, offense, defense, would make some decisions as to what might they do. They might do different. But let me tell you, there, by the time you go in and everybody takes care of their business and you meet for five minutes with Coach McCartney or whoever it is, and then all of a sudden you're out meeting with the team. You meet with your staff now to make some decisions. Well, you've got about you've got about five minutes total with the team. So, um, and I, I never really knew what the philosophy was. Once I became a head coach, I went around and started visiting other coaches and asking what their philosophy was. And the best one I came up with while I was at Northwestern was Al Groh, who at the time I'm not sure where he was, Virginia. But I, I don't know if he's in Virginia or somebody. It might have been Virginia, but uh, I did go visit him in Virginia. But I talked to him before that. It might have been one of one of these Nike trips or something. But anyway, I asked coaches about what their philosophy was about halftime, and it it really it, the range was. I don't have any idea. To here's all I do. First of all, don't go back and review everything that just happened. You don't have, have time to do that. Nobody wants that. The kids don't need it. Coaches don't need it. To, to any mistakes you made, don't go back and revisit those. The biggest thing that halftime is about is what's it going to take to win this game from this point on, whether you're ahead or behind. And so if you start thinking in those terms just right away, okay, what's it going to take to win this game? Here's what we must do on offense. Here's what we must do on defense. Here's what we must do on, in, the, in the kicking game. So it it gives you a focal point. It gives everybody thinking in the same direction and thinking about the same thing. And it's all about what's it going to take to win this game. I don't care what happened in the first half. It makes no difference. What counts from this point on is what we do in the second half. If we're ahead, what do we have to do to stay ahead or get further ahead? If we're behind, what do we have to do to catch up? And, and that's, that's, that's the whole process. Uh, and, you know, it's easier to sit here and say that than it is necessarily to do it because <laughs> it does involve me making some changes sometimes, but sometimes not. Sometimes just emphasizing what you've already done. So, uh, you know, it's, uh, I think it's individual, and it depends on each head coach's philosophy about what halftime is about. So that was the best that was the best thing that happened to me about halftime. So that I tried to carry that over um, to both Colorado, you know, while I was at Northwestern into Colorado as well. And we would have discussions about in the off season about what's halftime about, what are our problems, what are, you know, what is it that's keeping us from maybe being more effective at halftime. So we, we just try to minimize all the obstacles that, and anything that made it more difficult. Gary Barnett's with us, Hale Varsity Radio. Uh, we're talking halftime adjustments, maybe a book uh, for Coach Barnett as he may uh, crank up uh, his, uh, his, his writing pen here. He's already an author. So when it comes to the infamous halftime adjustments, and you do hear broadcasters say, oh, look at the adjustments, or man, they didn't make adjustments, or us in the media will – Go, go after a coach for not doing anything different or at least not changing the the fate of, of the team's outcome, uh, not being able to come back from a halftime deficit, all those good things. I'm interested to know how much of it is just 
flat out what you planned for and not being ready for. Just the, 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 the out coaching part or the scheming part. And then the motivation. Have you been a part of something where it looked bleak? You rallied the troops at halftime motivationally and you were able to flip the script. How, how big does emotion play? It, it depends on the game. It depends on the team. depends on the coach. It, it can be any of those. And usually it's never just one, Chris. Mm-hmm. It's always a combination. And um, so, I, I, you know, every game we've come back from behind, I'd like to say we made the right adjustments. <laughs> I think typically if, if you look at scoreboards and you look at the, uh, you know, teams that um, – uh, that first of all come out and score right away, or first of all come out and hold defenses to nothing, or offense to nothing in the first quarter, uh, and then look at the third quarter. So I think one is uh, the plan going in, which is what you do in the first quarter, both sides of the ball, and then the second thing is what do you do in the third quarter? So if you come out and score in the third quarter you probably have made some changes or emphasized some things or called some things you hadn't called. You know, it's a combination uh, in, in the third quarter. And same thing defensively. If you all of a sudden you struggled defensively uh, and all of a sudden you come out in the third quarter and you stop them, you have a three and out or a couple three and out or you get the ball back, then you probably have made some changes and it could be any of those items you talked about. First of all, it could be the offense not doing anything on the other side of the ball, the other team not doing anything, and your coaches just being more persistent with what they call and call, you know, narrow some things down. So it's always a combination, and every game is different. And that's why it's hard to label, uh, you know, halftime adjustments because every game is different. And there's three or four aspects to it, whether it's motivation, offensive calling, play calling, injuries. It, it, you know, it's always a number of things. And that's what makes the game fascinating, too. You just can't label and put in a box uh, the right or wrong thing to do. Nebraska, Colorado fans remember 1990. You guys are down at half, and you erupt for a bunch of points in the fourth quarter, 27 unanswered, as that was the year you, you won the national championship. Do you remember halftime at all or, or not of that, of that game? Yeah, I do. And first of all, I just wanted to get inside because the weather, if you remember. Oh, I froze my ass off in the front row. It was in eighth grade. Yeah, I'm still cold. You know, Lincoln must have sold every garbage bag in town because people were wearing them out there in that sleep. But Eric Bannamy fumbled, I think, four four times in the first half. You know, I think most coaches would have pulled that player. But that was an example of going in at halftime. And whether we knew we were doing this or not, and it wasn't a conscious effort uh, of, okay, what do we got to do to win this game? But it sort of was. It's sort of the, it was the mentality of our team. And you know Eric's not going to fumble four more times. And so he's still your best player. And, and so you're going to go back and get him the ball. And so I think it was just a matter of a pe- when you've got really good players and, and you've got kids that are really close, a team that's really close, all you got to do is, is just say a couple of right things, make a little bit of an adjustment maybe with your scheme, but not much. But you go back out and just play like we know we can play. Now, that's the easy answer, okay? <laughs> you may not have that combination, so it isn't that easy to go just say, okay, play better, guys. It doesn't work that way. But um, <laughs> it, it's always a combination. And, and that, that half, we came back out. We made a couple of great catches. 
Eric hung on the ball. We knew, we did know. We took the, we took the wind in the fourth quarter, and that was a tough decision for us. And uh, it ended up, uh, you know, where we held Nebraska a couple times in the fourth quarter. They had to punt into the wind, and we got short fields, and we were able to come back. Making that decision about the wind has always been something that I've been obsessed with, probably overly so because I think about it all the time in each game. But in that game, it certainly did pay off. It did. We had to do it at Northwestern against Illinois. Uh, the year we won the Big Ten, uh, the first year we won the Big Ten, we had to, we were behind, and we had to, I had to tell our defense, look, we're going to give them the win in the third quarter, and we have got to hold them scoreless so that we get the win in the fourth quarter, not down by too many points. And it's exactly what happened to kick a field goal with the win and win the game. So the win becomes an issue. Weather becomes an issue. Gary Barnett with us. Do you get ticked off at a guy who's fumbled four times? How do you handle that as a coach? You know, it, I think it, Chris. I think it it changes. Uh, if is this something that he does a lot? Well, gosh, you know, guys, we can't take this chance. If this is something that's really rare, then you, you know, this kid doesn't want to fumble. No, and I know. He's a heart. He's a heart and soul of a football team, and so. I, I think him coming back and not fumbling in the second half and running with a vengeance did as much to inspire our team as anything else. And, you know, the team wasn't mad at Eric. They they understand the stakes happened and that weather could have been the cause of it. And uh, so, but I will tell you this, if, if you've had a tendency to do that, it's really hard to keep a guy in the game mm-hmm. like that. I don't, you know. You, you you wouldn't in most cases. I agree. No, and that's I always wondered like how close was he to being pulled? Gary Barnett with his coach. Last thought, and we talk about halftime, and this was fascinating, a lot of fun to talk, and I hope you you you, you do another book. That'd be great. Uh, Matt Rule, uh, when you look at at his persona, ability, his attention to detail, what do you think? Nebraska has when it comes to that 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 total package now uh, at head coach uh, moving this program forward with things like halftime things with uh, adjustments uh, prep all that stuff I mean uh, how how good a spot is Nebraska in do you think based on his history uh, as they look to try and make it the right direction in the Big Ten it's always hard to predict but the the best indicators always uh uh, past performances and uh, it doesn't always hold up, but it usually is. Mm-hmm. And Matt's been at uh, at uh, a number of diff- different places. He's been at uh, three different levels of football. And uh, when you look at his past performance, you don't win ten games three years in a row at Temple without being pretty detailed. And you don't go into a situation like you do at Baylor without being pretty detailed and organized. And so it's not just because uh, you're a motivator. It's it's got to go beyond that. So and have you have a plan? So I think you look at at Coach Rule's past performance, and you certainly can at least I think consciously sort of think that you're going to get the same kind of uh, result at at uh, Nebraska, or at least the detail part of it, the planning part of it, the organization part of it. That doesn't change with coaches. That's part of their DNA. If they've had it, they, they keep it. If they haven't had it, it's hard to get it. Gary Barnett with us. Coach, take care. Uh, get rid of that snow in Arizona, and we'll do this again. Thanks for a few minutes. 
Yeah, call me back again, Chris. I got nothing else to do today, so uh... <laughs> you're going to be you're going to be hitting an orange golf ball uh, in, in the snow, so you can see it. I know you will. Uh, I'll be putting on my uh, tile floor here. So <laughs> good, uh, good talk with Coach Gary Barnett, Hale Varsity Radio, down here at Rosie's till six. Your uh, one-stop spot for the state tournament. Tenth uh, and P as uh, we'll check in with Mr. Blackshirt down in Arizona, Charlie McBride on the way with Hale Varsity here at Rosie's. And now, and now back to Hale Varsity Radio. Back with you, Hale Varsity Radio. We're presented by Currency. We can't miss a week without Coach McBride, Mr. Blackshirt, Charlie McBride. A uh, Monday with Charlie. Uh, we've just switched days. Coach, how's uh, Arizona? You were headed there when I was leaving. Good to spend time with you. <laughs> well, that that was a quick one. I uh, we we possibly weren't going to go, but then the kids, you know, got their wallets out, <laughs> <laughs> and then so we're we're going to stay out here maybe a week or two or three. Who knows what? We don't have any plans to go back right this week. It's a lot warmer there, and I know it's not been your ideal winter to, to spring in Arizona. It's been chillier, but it's way warmer than where we, we've been kind of posting up, isn't it? Well, it you know, here right now, it's probably about the same as it is in Michigan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, it's terrible. But, uh, you know, I'm, I'm outside, and, uh, you know, I got a sweater on, but that's it's still nice sitting out here and uh they got some clouds and they expect some rain around here today. You know, when you say rain here, it doesn't, you don't know which part of the Valley it's going to hit. Coach, the, the big news with football as we're 19 days away from spring ball starting and coach rule was, uh, was Dylan Riola, uh, the son of Dominic Riola, nephew, uh, uh, Donnie Riola was in town to see his uncle during a dead period in recruiting. Nebraska able to to use that family time to to get some extra time last weekend for the Minnesota game. And you know, you spent a lot of time around Dominic, uh, and uh, your guys were going against him uh, in 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 practice. And speak a moment, if you can, about the Riola family and and their impact with Nebraska, and also just. Nebraska being in this recruiting race for the top quarterback in the country. Well, I think the thing with Dominic was, is he was, a, he was really a good leader. I mean, he, he was really exceptional on that, in that category. And he, and he played, you know, for, I think three started for it almost, I guess, three years for mm-hmm. us. And, uh, you know, he was so consistent that you never heard much, you know, you never heard any complaints about any of the, uh, from Tenefer or Dan Young or any of those guys that coached him, and so you know it's a it's a it really is great having kids. You know, it just makes you feel old when their their kids are going to college. <laughs> I got players that are retiring, and I'm going like, you got to be kidding me. Mm-hmm. So you know, it's a it's a it's a great to see though. Uh, you know, the legacies and, and kids coming back here and wanting to come to school here, whether he comes here or not, you know, I, Dominic is going to let him dig his own ditch. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's, 
he's gonna he, I, he knows that well i think he knows his son knows that he'd like him to come here and um you know i think that's that was probably known a long time ago but you know it's one of those things again you just wait and see what happens and and uh you know it, it's it, it's kind of nerve-wracking at times when you got a player that good I bet. I mean, there's the the world after him, and he's got the right family support to, to navigate the recruiting process, and some kids don't always have that. Uh, it sounds like it's a really stable situation, but it can still be stressful. Charlie McBride is with us here on Hale Varsity Radio. Coach, when it came to quarterbacks – How often did you get asked your opinion about quarterbacks when it came to Nebraska recruiting a guy that was going to run the option and do some play action? What was, what was your, uh, your, your, how how much was your opinion asked for? None. Really? Never? (laughs) Oh, I don't know. I brought it, probably brought a few kids in, you know, that, uh, that I thought were good players. I, I, I think that Tom, you know, had kids picked out, you know, a, a lot quicker than we thought he had, you know, mm-hmm. he, he looks at a lot of film in the off season and that, and, um, you know, it, it's, it's kind of nice to, you know, to have him come in and say, here are three kids. Let's just take a look at them. And he's already made a decision on, you know, how many at the beginning, how many we're going to take. Mm-hmm. And it was always, I, if I'm not mistaken, it was always run first, throw second. Now, a lot of guys are throw first, run second right now. I mean, it seems like that's more of the wind right now. They mm-hmm. want to have good throwers, but they want to be able to move the ball by by running with it. And you always take your chances of injury and things like that, and you can see that happening in the NFL big time. Mm-hmm. You know, I was going to say I was going to say something before you get on. I yeah. I think that one thing about uh, uh, out here in Arizona, they have, in fact, I was part of it out here when I lived out here. Uh, They have a really, really strong muscle um, in Nebraska group. They have, I think, seven or, I can't remember, seven or nine different watch sites. Oh, wow. Yeah, and so, you know, I mean, it's, they... You know, they really back the kids out here, too, and, uh, you know, support them at the schools and things like that. So it's it's pretty nice to to have to be able to come home and have a bunch of people, you know, if there's some, something going on with the group, you can go and, you know, see them and get some uh, get get some juice in. Yeah, <laughs> they're ready to go back. <laughs> Well, there's mom. Mom's neighborhood has got uh, it's it's like a. Well, it's a who's who of who's flying their flag. There's Oregon, there's Washington State, there's some Utah, (laughs) there's some Wisconsin folks. But she's in a row of houses with just Nebraska flags, so she's in a safe zone, which is good. Uh, (laughs) Well, that's, you know, that's the thing, too. I think, you know, my folks just made, let me make my decision. I know what they wanted me to do, and I didn't do that. But uh, I think in the long run, they were really happy, you know, that I did. Well, they there was only three schools involved, and it was pretty much, you know, it was at, at first it was Northwestern, and then I visited out to Colorado, and and it was a small school then, and 
they had some really good recruits that weekend. I was there. In fact, kids that won the 6A state championship in Texas, we got six of the seven kids that were recruited came here to Colorado, and that would that kind of helped me a little bit. One of them happened to be my roommate as time went on and went on to be a pro scout and, and work in the NFL and a lot. And so it was, a, it was a good bunch of people that I went to school with. We're still close. Northwestern, Colorado, and who else? Iowa. Okay. Was the other one. And then I messed around with Wisconsin. Uh, it, it was it was a it was an alumni thing there, and that was part of the reason that that Wisconsin was so involved in it was because in those days when you made a trip, the alumni picked you up and took you to the school usually. Okay. Now Wisconsin, they didn't. They they uh, provided one of the guys with a car or something, and we really there was three of us that drove there, and that was it. Then they sent us home on a train. Mm. Charlie McBride's with us here on Hale Varsity Radio, uh, Mr. Blackshirt. So, Coach, uh, I, I'm interested here to get your your take. We're, we're doing a, a new feature, and uh, from time to time, we'll go to the the mailbag. And uh, my buddy Nate asked me to ask you. It's an Ask Charlie segment. If you have any fond memories of Greg. Lewenberger or the Lewenberger family. Absolutely, they were our neighbors. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. They, uh, they. I'm trying to think. I did, my wife keeps. They keep in touch. The women always do that to keep in touch with each other. But you know, they. He went. Um, they. He worked down in Omaha afterwards at the UNO for a while mm-hmm. there, and then they they moved out to uh, the Tucson area. I I don't I I don't know if they're there. I think they might have moved back to Omaha. In fact, I I don't know, but my wife does. And it, but they were really they were next door to us for what seventeen years almost. I think. So did they uh, did they get to use your pool? Yeah, sure. <laughs> their kids uh, I their kids went to KU. I think they were all in business school there. They were all they're great kids, great grades, and you know they were really great neighbors to have. You know, they the kids were always help you when you needed them and things like that. So, you know, and Don was Don and I just you know kind of just partied around a little bit, and that was about <laughs> it. Charlie McBride's with us. Well, good. That's that's awesome to hear about your neighbors. What what did uh, Christian Peter do to your diving board? Well, it didn't, it took him two, you know, you get on those springboards and you kind of have to jump a little higher and you got to see how high you can get. And he got about three jumps out of that baby and came down on it, to, you know, and the thing just snapped right in half. <laughs> right at the end of it, it just busted right in half. So, you know, that didn't, that didn't last long. And, and so we never did get it fixed. We just left it alone because we knew it would happen again if we did. So, but that, that's, that, he was about 300 and he, I, I could tell that thing wasn't going to last too long. So how did that conversation go? Were you, did, did you watch it happen? Did he have to walk up and say, coach, I'm sorry, I broke your diving board. What, what, what was the fallout? 
<laughs> well, I'll tell you what, I saw it, so I was laughing. I mean, so there wasn't a whole lot. You, get, you know, I, I don't get so I wouldn't have got upset about that that thing at all. I think the I think the one thing that probably people don't know is I had a, the kids out here at the end of the year and we went swimming and uh, when I went to work the next day, I saw that one of the gates at the at the tra- at the railroad track that wasn't being used at the time, but the gate was there. It was broken in half, and I thought, now how do you do that? <laughs> and I, I I knew I said that I'll bet you I know who might have been on in on that deal <laughs> going home. And sure enough, I had a meeting, and I said, well, okay, who's going to raise their hand for? busting the gate <laughs> on the railroad track well they did they they just raised their hands and uh but the tracks were dead okay and uh we're good you know, <laughs> so was the gate <laughs> the gate was then too <laughs> mr blackshirt charlie mcbride uh, a monday with charlie that's a, a thursday with coach mcbride as uh busted railroad track gates at a busted Diving board. More with the coach. Don here at Rosie's 10th and P. It's Hale Varsity Roadshow with Rosie's for state basketball. And now. And now. Back to Hale Varsity Radio. Charlie McBride's with us. Well, Coach, last question, and I want to ask you about uh, Coach Rule. He's got a large staff. They are recruiting the state of Nebraska real heavy. They're uh, all over the state of Texas. This week is the NFL. Um, you have kids going to, 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 to Indy for the Combine, which is great. Do you think Coach Rule can bring in some more players that that'll end up at the combine can you get do you think nebraska's gonna be able to get more nfl type guys yeah yeah Uh, yeah. i don't think there's any question you know i I, when when it first happened i had i had talked to a couple guys down in texas that i know that you know that know what's going on down there and they they mentioned that they didn't think he was going to go to he'd go to college because he said Mm -hmm. i guess at one time that he didn't like recruiting you want to go to the nfl with that that's completely wrong. Yeah. Uh, he's, you know, he's done a terrific job of recruiting and, you know, and that, that, that was something that kind of, I th- kept thinking about it. Well, Treb has done a little better job of doing, of checking it out than me. So, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and I, I, I go with him with whatever he wants to do, but, uh, I think they've, all of them have done a great job. And I think what I see and hear about in the winter program is that's going to be a big key, but they're doing, their kids are working their tails off more than they ever have. And uh, that's, that's a, that's a sign because when they work that hard together, they'll play that hard together. Charlie McBride with us coming to us from the desert in Arizona coach. Enjoy the sunshine. Stay down there as long as you want. Um, okay. <laughs> if you, uh, if, if you get kicked out, uh, let me know and I'll send you over to my mom's house. You can stay in the sunshine as long as you like. All right. Well, I got three places I got to get kicked out of before <laughs> I leave here. So. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Okay. Talk to you next week. Thanks coach. Okay. Thank you. Bye now. 
There he is, Mr. Blackshirt, Charlie McBride, a uh, Monday turned Thursday with Charlie. And uh, he, he, he's, he's got options in his back pocket, right? Well, got a couple of spots I got to get launched from first before Casa de Schmidt comes calling. But uh, all the podcasts, you can find great stuff from Gary Barnett about what, what is really the magic at halftime. Is it motivation? Is it scheme? It's all of a lot of things. And then there's Coach McBride about just what he's hearing and seeing from Rule uh, with the connections and uh, what they're doing uh, as as a staff. Is I mean, it's been it's been a a brutal in a good way winter for this football team. Guys are getting better. Guys are getting worked on. They they know where they need to be and. It's got to translate over to, to the practice field, but it's going to be physical. That's the word from Trev, and Nebraska needs a whole lot of it. So uh, they'll have a technician working with them at different position groups, and, and they'll get better. They'll, they'll do their best to get better for the fall season. 489-1240, 489-1240 to get in. As Hale Varsity is on the road here at Rosie's for Girls State 2023. So maybe you can't make it down tonight. We're not going to hold that against you. If you're coming down for state ball Friday or Saturday, uh, Rosie's here just down uh, south of the embassy. Great food and drink specials. Uh, there's a Bill Dolman sighting. He is hammering nachos right now as we speak. Flour tortillas, of you course. Keep making the, the, me hungry. The, the flour chips. Uh, I've Stop. got uh, some wings that are incredible. Uh, they've got this French toast beer that's down here. It's a craft beer. Old Munchie's got on tap for you. I think I see a sign, $2 Miller High Live, if that's your deal. God love you. So uh, your headquarters for the tournament, girls and boys. Next week we'll be back down here. Uh, Roadshow with Hale Varsity. So the news of the day has been what's going on with Jalen Carter. Projected number one pick, assuming there's not a trade for the quarterback spot, Connor. Carter is a specimen of a human being. Uh, He was released after being arrested last night. Reckless driving, racing in connection with a crash. That killed his teammate. That killed a recruiting staffer at Georgia. And, and you remember this story right after the, the, the celebration, two, two, three days after the championship. Uh, you have this tragedy down in Athens. And it turns out Carter charged with reckless driving, uh, racing in connection with a crash. I think they're both misdemeanors, but it's $4,000 for bail. And then Carter got back to Indy to finish interviewing and, of course, uh, getting measured. And just a, a awful look. Um, guys make decisions that aren't always the best at the age they're at. We've all been guilty of being stupid. This cost two lives. And I'm not saying he was behind the wheel, but it was 2.45 a.m., awful time. I'm going to sound like the guy in the lawn chair screaming at the clouds but after midnight, right? Not a lot good happens uh, let alone 3 a.m. And two deaths here. I don't know where the families are at from a civil standpoint. 
Uh, I don't know if he pleads down or pleads out, but if he does the no contest, if he goes to trial, whatever. But on the football field, this is absolutely, and it's and it's the least important part of this discussion, but it is the fallout of, of draft stock. Well, the the focus is two people, two young people that are no longer with us. But the NFL is going to feel this because he's, Connor, he's still going to get drafted, clearly. Now, does he go from the first pick overall to the third pick? Does he go from the, the third pick to, to 15? This sounds heinous and crash, but crash, but it, it, is someone going to get an Aaron Donald at pick 15 here because of this stupidity, assuming that everything's guilty and because this took a while. This was in January. This is two and a half months later. Where, okay, yeah, it's uh, Jalen Carter that was racing. And, I mean, you hit two power poles and rolled the vehicle. Two people died. Warren Sapp was the best defensive lineman in the NFL draft in 96. Allegedly did blow, tested positive for it. Free fell all the way down to 10. Tampa was happy. We know the story about Randy Gregory and uh, what he had tested positive for. And Gregory, a, a top 15 athlete and talent, fell all the way to the second round. And Dallas took a flyer on him, and he hadn't played a whole lot of football, but good for Randy getting things turned around. But I look at Jalen Carter, and, and someone's going to, assuming he's free to play, snatch him up. Uh, it it matters and it's sad, but for that one team that looks at him, it, it won't matter. Uh, we'll wind down a Thursday. Podcast is available for you, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play. Uh, you can get the audio, the entire show, or just different segments. Coach McBride, Coach Barnett, Brandon Vogel, uh, available there and the video stream it hail varsity youtube channel or can always watch the show on the hail varsity radio at h varsity radio uh, one last thought here from rosie's downtown after this and now and now back to hail varsity radio big thanks today charlie mcbride gary barnett brandon vogel and yes connor clark at c underscore Clark underscore 27. He is chained to the studio. Elijah is off to Las Vegas. The poll question at H Varsity Radio. Follow us on Twitter with the radio handle and always catch coffee and cream with Damon and Andrew in the morning as well, 7 to 10 on our affiliate 590. <laughs> the poll question we want you to vote on is Elijah visiting the hospital while in Vegas? Or is he uh, getting detained slash uh, put in the Iron Bar Motel? Does he get too wild? Uh, Can say neither. Can say yes to both. Can pick one or the other. He'll have a good time. Ultimate fighting. He's all all about that. So he's going to go kick it with some buddies out there. We're happy for him to be able to to, to get away. He may never come back. Uh, His uh, second favorite team, Ole Miss, is in Minneapolis. Nebraska will tangle with Ole Miss, number four in the country on Sunday, number seven Vandy tomorrow at 11 o'clock and then Hawaii sandwiched in between 
Connor, uh, it is no time like the present for Big Red Baseball to do a 180. Uh, bad opening weekend, good second weekend, and now you got to at least go one and two, but two and one be all right. Uh, three and oh be be real cool if you're Matthew McConaughey, and that would that would really help things out. Maryland's a good baseball squad. Iowa's had some impressive wins. I know they whacked LSU last weekend. Uh, Ohio State had a, a, a good uh, trip. Uh, ran into some Ohio State kids uh, at um, uh, it, it boarding on Monday down in Arizona. They were just wrapping up a, a weekend series with TCU and another squad down in Arizona. So this is your shot if you're Nebraska. Yes, you'll get a shot at Maryland. Yes, you'll get Iowa. Yes, you'll get a chance to take on Ohio State, all those teams that are picked ahead of you in the Big Ten. But Big Ten right now is still at best maybe a three-bid league. That's that's in a in a good, good year. Um, I You, you got to do some work. You got to play tough. And uh, you got to be more of, of last weekend versus the first weekend. That's completely obvious. But carry the offense over, but maintain the confidence on the mound. And it, it's going to be that Achilles for Nebraska, uh, assuming your, your bats stay competitive against two SEC arms. But the bullpen will be the tail, don't you think, for Nebraska this weekend, or at least t- starting tomorrow? Yeah, it definitely will be. And, you know, you mentioned the bad start first weekend of the year, but you bounce back, and now you're essentially starting over. You're essentially 0-0. Zero and zero. So take with what you know about this group, head into a challenging weekend, and there's no doubt about it, it will be challenging. But you also have to keep this in the back of your mind as well. I think baseball is a weird game, and you saw a couple of Big Ten teams beat some really high-quality opponents this past weekend. Now I'm not saying Nebraska's going to go out and win every single game, but they can give themselves a chance against some really high-quality opponents this weekend in Minneapolis. Again, baseball is a weird game. Sometimes weird stuff happens. If some bounces go Nebraska's way, they could steal one, maybe even two, but it should be a really good weekend for this group to find out what they really have and what they can really do going forward this year. Well, and and one win over one of these RPI Kings – may be the difference between in and out of the tournament. And if you have a, a special season in the Big Ten, your goal is to always host a regional. Hey, go put one of those SEC pelts on the wall early on in the year. Uh, this builds your RPI. You can maintain or improve or at least not fall back in conference. Good stuff from Connor Clark. Chris Schmidt talk to you tomorrow at 4 with Hale Varsity presented by Currency. Heard at Sports Radio, every weekday morning from 7 to 10 a.m. Join hosts Robbie Lula and Damon Benning and our cast of Heard at Sports personalities as they share their fresh perspectives while keeping you highly entertained. Take a dive into the latest news in all things sports, from the pros to right here at home. Catch Heard at Sports Radio with Robbie Lula and Damon Benning, 7 to 10 a.m. on air, online, and on podcast. Heard at Sports Radio.